Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like, are you an overbuyer or underbuyer, a morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You know, she's had some issues with Mary. Really? It's making the rest of us extremely uncomfortable. And it's hard for me to stand up for my friend because it makes me scared Jen's gonna have this big reaction. And I've heard the other women feel this way. I like Jen a lot. She's a lot. Hello, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I hope you're all doing okay. Here in the United States, there's a lot going on right now. I wasn't sure if I was gonna record today because there's so much happening. I'm recording this on Wednesday morning. So it's Wednesday morning, and it's been hard to peel myself away from the news. I mean, there's a lot happening, but I thought we can all use the light the laughs. We need to renew, recharge, regroup, all of the things. So I hope to provide you a little bit of an escape for a short time. We're going to talk about Salt Lake City, touch on Dallas, 
Um, but before we do, I gotta say, I am a little off my game anyway. I wasn't sure if I was gonna record, but I'm a little off my game in general, because this morning, I had a Zoom meeting. Not a Zoom interview, it was a Zoom meeting with some work stuff, and I was meeting with two people, and then they also had like two assistants, or I don't know who they were, two other people on the line on the Zoom call. Now, here's the thing, for Christmas, my boyfriend got me new headphones, and with these new headphones I got, I could hear a fucking pin drop on Zoom. I could hear everything. I could hear every last thing on the Zoom call with these new headphones. So I get on the Zoom and I see the person I know and I go, hello, you know, like I always do. Like you guys hear me do at the beginning of this podcast. I said, hello. And then I hear in the headphones at a low volume, but loud enough that I could hear. I hear somebody, not a face that I could see. I heard a faceless voice say in my ear, oh, I didn't realize we were meeting with Mrs. Doubtfire today. (sighs) You guys, I was horrified. And I go, excuse me? Excuse me? And I could tell everyone on the Zoom call got really awkward. And I couldn't see this man's face who said it. But everyone got really awkward. I said, excuse me? And he just goes, oh, I'm going to turn off my audio now. So this threw me off the game for the whole Zoom call. I thought, oh my God, they think I'm like an old lady. Like, that's how I said hello. They think I'm an old lady. And so now I'm like, I got to rein in all the old ladyisms, which is pretty much my whole bit. I mean, that's who I am at my core as an old lady. And so I'm thinking, okay, I got to act, you know, I was with, they were all straight men that I was on the call with. So I'm like, I got to reel it all in, the old lady talk. I'm like, I definitely can't talk about that cough drop that I half ate and put in a napkin for later. I definitely can't talk about that. Um, but I'm thinking, okay, I got to reel it all in. So then I'm making small talk, you know, at the beginning of the Zoom, you make all the small talk. And I'm trying to think of like, what traditionally masculine things do I know to talk about? And of course, I know they all like the sports, and I'm not really that aware of what's going on in the sports world, but I had read a story this morning that said something about the Browns getting COVID, the Cleveland Browns, the football team getting COVID, and like having heart issues, which is not small talk that anyone's interested in hearing about, but it was like the only sports story that I could think about. So I'm like, how about them Browns, bro? (laughs) How about them Browns having the COVID problem, bro? You know, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm just thinking in my head, like, try to act mask, you know? (laughs) so embarrassing, but it threw me off the whole meeting. I was like, oh my God, do I really sound like Mrs. Doubtfire? You're all nodding along as you listen to this. You're like, yep, you sure do, Dan. <laughs> or do. It is what it is. That's who I am at my core. Um, anyway, you guys, we're here to talk about Salt Lake City. We're going to drop into Dallas, talk about that Tiffany Moon, the new cast member. Shall we di- dive right into Salt Lake City? We open with uh, Lisa and her Well, we get a montage and we check in with all the women. They've been doing that you know, with the episodes, and we see Lisa with her son, and they're, she's asking him if she wants him to uh, wants to cook him anything. She says, "Do you want me to cook you anything?" And he says, "I'm not really craving a microwave hot dog, so no." He said that with like, "Oh my god, the best bit of sarcasm." I thought I was watching Janine Garofalo in 1994. I mean, the sarcasm that came out of this boy, I was like, "Give him some more airtime." This man, he had a dry sense of humor that I just really was attracted to. And I want to see him, like, let's get less of Brooks and more of Lisa's son, because this man's a star. This young man is a star. And we get Brooks in confessionals. You know, Meredith's son, Brooks, is in every confessional. Now he's like a lead cast member. I want to see Lisa's son. He said, I'm not, really into, uh, I'm not really craving a microwave hot dog, so no. Oh my god, you guys, the dry sense of humor on that one. Woo! Then we cut to Jen's chalet. She's getting ready for Sharif's party. Now, it's going to be a surprise birthday party for the husband. And she said, I read in a personal growth book that if I give more love, I get more love. So she's trying to give more love. She's trying to do a party for the husband. And she says, I want it to be shamazing, shafabulous. 
she's making up the words with the shot. She's doing the shot work. So much shot work. She said, she's amazing. She's fabulous. It's a lot. It's a lot. And every time I say the word fabulous, I think of Sharpay Evans from the High School Musical franchise. Remember she sang that song? I want fabulous. <laughs> I won't sing High School Musical. This is why I can't be on Zoom calls with the straights, because all I want to do is talk about Ashley Tisdale and High School Musical and old lady things. Anyway, um, she's doing a lot of Shaw work. She's fabulous. She's amazing. Shaw, all of it. And she's throwing this party that she says um, he'll like the party because he loves golf. So I'm incorporating hip-hop theme with golf, which will be great. And I wrote in my notes, what the fuck? What the fuck does that mean? She's doing a joint golf hip-hop party. Now, not since NeNe's uh, party. Remember where she had that party? I forget even the name. It was like the long-ass name that NeNe threw on the Real Houses of Atlanta. Um, girls and gays, you know, party. You guys know what I'm talking about. That one party that had the longest title. Not since that have I been so excited for Housewives Party. Because it was golf and hip-hop, which seemingly seems like a very random mix. Outside of the TV show Entourage, I don't normally see those two things mixed that uh, that well. But here we're going to do it, and it's going to be shamazing. So I guess we're going to shaget it um, in a little bit uh, a little bit later in the episode. So she's not inviting Mary. And she says, look, we were just at a fashion show together, but we're not getting along. They show footage that we hadn't seen previously of Mary and Jen at the fashion show sitting next to each other and not talking. Not at all talking. It was so awkward. And things with Mary, you guys, there's a lot happening with Mary. And I know we every week, we didn't have Mary on the show last week, but every single week I learn more about Mary. I, I get a little uncomfortable by some of it, uh, I think. But we cut to Mary's house and she's bossing along, uh, around Charlinda who's got the vacuum. Sherlinda's the, the maid that she doesn't know and she knows, or the cleaner. I don't, I don't know her official title for Sherlinda, but she's definitely not nice to Sherlinda, who's apparently been with the family forever. Um, and the husband's in Florida. Apparently, he likes to say he's going to check in the grass. He's checking on the grass, which is just so exhausting to hear him say that. He's checking on the grass. So exhausting. I don't like that man. It is what it is. I don't like him. Sorry. Anyway, Mary owns a bunch of houses. She reveals that she also owns, I think she said, a daycare, restaurants, and she wasn't sure how many homes she owned. She had to count them out loud in the confessional. She owns one in Orlando, one in Vegas, one in Salt Lake City, one in Indiana, and one in New York, and she says none of them are rented. Not a single one is rented. What do they need all that property for? And that leads me to believe, I don't think that anyone in any sort of religious organization should own that many homes if they run the religious organization. And I hate to judge, and I don't even want to talk much about it because I'm afraid everyone's going to be yelling at me online if I get something wrong about her religious organization, because I don't really, it's all very sketch to me. It's all very sketch, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't know, we need a detective in there to figure out what's happening, because why do they own five houses? I don't know. I mean, what, I'm no... I'm no banker. I don't know exactly what's going on with those finances, but it seems to me that they shouldn't be able to own five houses. And I saw where they're running the services. You guys, I saw the place where they're running the services. And some of that money that went to those five homes should be able to go into the uh, the church facility. What do they call it? <laughs> I was raised Catholic, and I can't even think of what they call a church. It's just a church, right? Yeah. Oh, anyway. Anyway, um, Mary then starts crying on the phone as she's talking to the, the husband in Florida, and she says, the women don't like me. And you guys, I used to love the Mary stuff, the Mary scenes, and something about this episode, I'm finding it all very dark. I'm finding it all very, a little uh, bumming me out. 
a little bit, I shall say. So maybe we'll feel differently. Um, luckily, we cut to Heather, who was having her Galentine's party. Galentine's party that I want to be at. I love this woman with all my heart and soul, this Heather Gay. Every last bit of it, she had a Galentine party for the girls. I wanted to be invited. And I don't really love Valentine's Day. I, I just think it's a weird holiday. Also, it depresses me because it's after, it's post-Christmas. I'm always, I always got the post-Christmas blues. You know, I still got my tree up. I'm taking it down later today, and I am not looking forward to it. But Valentine's Day, it's like this weird wintry time. I always just find it to be a bummer, even though I have a, I have a significant other I like enough. <laughs> I mean, I love him. I don't just like him enough. But, you know, I just feel it's a weird holiday. Anyway, Billy, the ex-husband, shows up, and she tells us a little bit more about him. And Heather is so us. She's so all of us, really, collectively. She's all of us. She said, he checked all the boxes, so I married him. He was six foot tall, rich, and had a very powerful family. And I thought, you know what? She's not wrong. (laughs) I understand now why she married the man. There might not have been love involved, but he's six feet tall, rich, and has a powerful family. What more do you need? I mean, that's enough to confuse anyone. Any one of us, who among us wouldn't be bamboozled by that? You know? I get it. I get it, Heather Gay. Anyway, they were married three months after they met, and the love evaporated. And here's where it really went down. They went and saw the movie Scary Movie 3. Scary Movie Part 3. Not Part 1, not Part 2, Part 3. And speaking of Ashley Tisdale, she was in the uh, Part 5, I think. Part 4, Part 5, she led the franchise. And that's when it went downhill. You know I love my Ashley Tisdale, but as soon as they got rid of Anna Ferris and Regina Hall, that's when the whole thing went to shit. So, uh, I don't know, take from that what you will. But they saw Scary Movie 3, and there was a glory hole scene that scared off Billy. He... Uh, immediately left the theater. And I did some recon. I did some research. I hopped onto YouTube and I thought, okay, I think I remember that scene. But what was it? What was going on in uh, Scary Movie 3? Now, Scary Movie 3 has an opening that involves two actresses that are really underappreciated and undervalued in this day and age. And those two actresses, of course, I'm referring to are Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy. So those two open up Scary Movie 3 with the hilarious parody of The Ring where they're like kind of two schoolgirls, and it's so funny. But it's also very offensive, right? Like that whole opening, I don't know if you guys want to go check it out on YouTube, it's pretty offensive. You know, if you're very uh, buttoned up, I'd say you might be offended by that opening. So it made me laugh that this man, Billy, was not offended by the opening starring those two actresses, I aforementioned actresses. And I use the term actresses loosely. Jenny McCarthy and Pamela Anderson. He wasn't offended by that, but then there was a glory hole scene later on, he's like, this is too far. This is too far. But, you know, the opening scene where they zoom in on uh, Pamela Anderson's breasts, he was fine with that. <laughs> uh, anyway, you guys, that, those movies are funny. I love those movies. I do. Not the Tisdale one, but the others. I sure, There's no better comedy. Regina Hall, I'm sorry, give her the Oscar for that. She, she's never been funnier. I mean, she's hilarious and everything, but there's, it's a crime that her and Anna Faris did not receive Academy Awards for those films. I mean, honestly, and reboot them with those two. Let's get some, open up the payroll, loosen up the purse strings. I don't, Hollywood, I don't know who's in charge of that, but loosen up the purse strings and get those two back. Scary movie eight. Whatever we got to do. Whatever we got to do. Anyway, so uh, I want the best for Heather. Billy's all alone. He ends up leaving uh, the Galentine's party. Then we cut to Mary's house and Whitney shows up. Mary's wearing all red. Whitney shows up wearing all green, very Christmassy. And Look, this whole episode, there was a lot of weird things with food. And the first happened here with Mary's house. When Mary was inviting Whitney into the home, 
she counted three chicken nuggets. Did you catch this? It was a very quick moment. It happened at the beginning of the scene. She counted three chicken nuggets, like frozen nuggets. I think they were nuggets. Maybe they were something else. But Mary goes, one, two, three. And then she like sort of put them under her napkin. I thought she was going to serve them to Whitney. I'm like, what the fuck? She's going to serve this woman just three chicken nuggets? Like, I was so confused. And again, not even clear that they were chicken nuggets. I might have saw it wrong. Um, but very strange. And we remember a few weeks ago at Mary's house, she served the drinks with the plastic wrap over the thing, like a hotel room service. And she put the plastic wrap over the, the water glasses. What is going on over there? I don't understand. None of it makes any sense to me. Every time I'm watching it, I'm accepting it all, but it's weird. Anyway, Whitney shows up and they go around the house. Whitney has to wear the booties around the house over the shoes. And uh, Mary says, and she's not wrong. She says, people don't realize shoes are dirty. She's not wrong. And I sided with her on that. You know, I don't have a big home and we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so I certainly don't have people coming over. Um, but, you know, I'm not totally against the idea of if I lived in a very wealthy home to have people wear booties at my house, especially in a snowy climate. I sort of get it. I sort of get it. Um, anyway, then uh, Whitney goes to the closet and it's revealed that Mary is a high end hoarder. Definitely has like lots of designer hoarding situation going on. And it's revealed that she uh, first got really into fashion when uh, her grandma was still alive and she flew to Florida as a kid to go to the Dillard's. She went right to the Dillard's, which I grew up in uh, Northeast Ohio. We had uh, Dillard's all over the place. You couldn't throw a rock without hitting a Dillard's back in Northeast Ohio. They don't exist all over there anymore. But I certainly went to Beachwood Mall a time or two and uh, shopped at the Dillard's. And um, so then my mom actually worked at a Dillard's, too. For a long time when I was a young kid, she worked at a Dillard's. Anyway, uh, Linda, um, Linda certainly wasn't flown to Florida to go to Dillard's and pick out designer outfits, but Mary was. And we do see a picture of Mary's grandma in the corner, like on one of the desks. And it looked like she was wearing a pink sweatsuit and a crown. And it seemed to be shot at a Sears portrait studio. Unclear. That's what it looked like to me. Um, but it's interesting to see these fashions. She's definitely wearing fashion. She's definitely wearing clothes, is what I'm trying to say about Mary. She's we- she wears clothes. I'm not saying I love all of them. But they're maybe designer, and they certainly are clothes. So that's all I'm going to say about her fashions. Because... You know, I don't want to be too uh, negative. Don't want to be too mean, but, you know, take a look. Open the eyes and look at her fashions. They sure are something. Very aggressive to the eyes. I'll say that much. You know, so I'm not saying they're bad, but I am implying it. I'm not saying everything that Mary wears is ugly, but I am implying it. Um, but anyway, I'm, I do, I, I like that she loves designer clothes. That's what we want in a housewife. And so she's giving us looks. And I appreciate that. I do appreciate that Mary's giving us looks. And maybe they're just not for me. What do I know? Again, I'm a Maxinista. I don't know what's what's in. What the fuck do I know about fashions? So then we cut to Meredith and Brooks and Seth. So Meredith and Brooks, or Meredith and Seth are back together. Meredith says, I'm so happy. Wait, <laughs> let me do my Meredith voice. I'm so happy Seth and I have gotten to a better place since the fashion show. And then <laughs> they're like doing all these sexual innuendos and Brooks is um, they're like, we're, Brooks, we're not going to have sex in front of you. You know, that's, and Brooks is like, stop it, you guys. And Brooks in his confessional, I got to say, his hair was strange in the confessional, but I loved it. I don't know what that style was, but I was really into, Brooks has like gorgeous hair in the confessional. I don't know what style that is, but I'm like, he, he's very handsome man, that Brooks. Um, but I didn't understand the confessional haircut exactly, but I was like, I need to take that to my barber when I can, because I liked the hairstyle that was going on. I really did. I, you know, it made me, it sort of, 
made me think like, oh, maybe Brooks is going to be good in the fashion world. I don't know. Uh, any, uh, again, what do I know? Then we cut to Whitney and Sarah, who's that one from episode one. Sarah, she was rumored to be a housewife, but she's not a housewife. And uh, she, Whitney goes over her house, and Whitney wasn't wearing booties in Sarah's home, and she punctured the mat that was in front of the kitchen sink. Um, but they revealed that they known each other since high school. And you guys, Sarah, I mentioned the food stuff. Now, Sarah served some food to Whitney that was truly shocking. Go back and rewind it because Sarah just took one apple and some pecans and threw it on a plate. That's what she served Whitney. And that was the most surprising thing. I know there are all these rumors online about the Sarah woman and like, I don't know, apparently she has, uh, she was not going to be a main housewife because uh, she had problematic views or something. I don't know the exact details of it, but there are all these rumors. And none of that even held a candle to what I saw on screen in front of me, which was her serving one apple and some pecans on a plate for her guest. I mean, that was the most shocking thing about this woman, Sarah. I couldn't believe it. She just goes, Whitney, do you like pecans? And then she put them on the plate with the apples. One apple. She served one apple. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Imagine having someone over your house and you just like core one apple and throw some pecans on a plate. It was just so bizarre. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking it was crazy, but I thought it was so weird. Here's one apple and some pecans. Like, who the fuck serves that? I've never seen Ina Garten serve that. Barefoot Contessa would never. She would never. Um, but Sarah certainly did on The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Also, it's like one thing, I guess if you have a friend over for like a movie night or something, you might be like cutting up an apple and offer your friend some and then be like, oh, I'm going to have a handful of pecans. So it was just weird to me that she like literally served it, though. Like, she poured the apple and then she just goes to Whitney, like, do you like pecans? I don't know. My mind's blown from the whole thing. I honestly couldn't focus on anything else. I don't even know what the fuck they were talking about. As soon as she handed her the handful of pecans, I couldn't even focus. <laughs> Whitney did reveal, though, that the in-laws still have a photo up of her husband's ex. That's fucked up. Those in-laws, what the hell is going on there? They got a picture, and now they got a picture of Justin, Whitney's current husband, his ex-wife's current husband. They got pictures of them all up. What is going on there? I need to get those parents on the line. That is bizarre. If the in-laws are listening to this, you need to take that photo down. It's inappropriate. I don't care how close you are to the ex. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Take it down. Now. I don't know if you're listening. Are you out there? I don't know if you could hear me. Whitney's in-laws, can you hear me? Papa, can you hear me? (laughs) I'm in a goofy mood today, you guys. Hello! Wait, that wasn't a good Mrs. Doubtfire, but um, anyway, I still can't get over that man. I didn't know we were having a call with Mrs. Doubtfire. What an asshole. What an asshole. If I had his address, I'd go do a run by fruiting because what an asshole. Um, anyway, then we see this scene with Lisa at the aquarium with her family. I check out a little bit during Lisa's scenes. I don't even know why. I like Lisa enough, but I sort of just black out when she's on screen with the family. I don't know. I'm not that interested of her at the aquarium, although I did. I did get jealous that they were at the aquarium because I just want to go anywhere, really, these days. Here in LA, the COVID cases are up and not supposed to go anywhere. So, you know, I wish I could go to aquarium or something. I'd go anywhere at this point. I'm getting stir-crazy in this house. On these fucking Zooms every second. Ugh. Then, uh, let's see, we cut to everyone getting ready for the hip-hop golf party. Now, all of these looks are very shocking. Meredith, there is, okay, you guys, I gotta say, I did throw some shade at Mary's looks earlier. But what I would have given to see uh, what she would have worn to this uh, hip-hop golf party. We were really robbed of that opportunity. And, and for that, I'm very upset with Jen. I'm very upset with Jen. 
I love Jen, but I'm very upset with her about this. Because everyone's looks were truly unhinged. Uh, Meredith, Meredith was my favorite. I, it was just that whole one look. Oh my God, Meredith. I'm obsessed with Meredith, you guys. A lot of people talk about Meredith's eyebrows. I'm also obsessed with her eyebrows. Whatever, is it the micro-needling, microblading? what do they call it? Her eyebrows look amazing. I'm just like really into Meredith. Her whole aesthetic, I really love. I love it. Um, then everyone at the hip-hop party, there's a weird... Oh, speaking of Meredith, she shows up with Lisa. There was a weird voiceover where she's like, Seth is at home. And I, it got me thinking, like, maybe I'm being a little crazy, but I was thinking, okay, I bet you this hip-hop party was, like, like happened before they got back together, but they aired the sequences out of order, and then Meredith had to record a voiceover to say, like, Seth's at home. Because it seemed like it's, something's fishy. Something's fishy. Okay, I don't know what exactly it is, but I think they aired this stuff out of order, which they do a lot on Housewives, and I think it's totally fine. They got to put together a TV show that makes sense. So bravo to bravo, but I was something was fishy. Anyway, there's 150 people at this party. Again, what I would give to a 150-person party. Ugh, I'd love to be at a party with past apps. A past appetizer party. Could you imagine here in 2021 what I would give to just tongue-kiss someone at a past apps party? Be the dream. So I miss it so much. I miss it. Um, anyway, surprise parties are definitely the worst. Don't ever do it to me. I don't like a surprise party. Don't do it to me. I don't mind going to one. But don't surprise me. I'm not into it. My boyfriend knows that. My family knows it. I'm too in control. Not interested. To, it, to me, like, that's a slap in the face. If it's my birthday and you throw me a surprise party, it's honestly like I'll dislike you more. I don't want to be surprised with anything. I want to know what I'm supposed to wear to the party. At a surprise, you don't know what you just wear, whatever. I want to be mentally prepared. And so don't ever do it to me. Um, Jen, though, speaking of outfits, she did dress like Beyonce at the Super Bowl, which why? Unclear. Um, but I liked it. It was, uh, she pulled it off too. I liked the outfit. I liked the outfit. And they did have some sort of dance off. I, I felt sort of like the movie White Chicks. Remember when there was that dance off scene? I love a dance off scene in a movie. Any movie. Give me a dance off scene. I'm happy as a clam. But these women, they were, da- it was like Whitney and then it was Jen and they had like uh, two groups, uh, Shah, uh, Sharif. They were like dance fighting. Oh my God. I loved it. I felt so such a rush of endorphins when they were doing that dance-off. Didn't you guys? Serotonin levels were so high. I couldn't believe my eyes. I loved it. And then, oh, you guys. So Heather, right when she shows up at the party, she's like, oh, this is fun. This is the type of party where I'll be the last to go home. God, Heather's fun. She's just like naturally fun. She just has this natural ability to be amazing. And I'm really into it. There was also a woman in the background that looked like Tom Sandoval in drag. I don't know if you guys caught it. I was like, is Tom there? my Tommy at this party, because it looked like, you know, when he dressed up in drag on Vanderpump Rules, it looked like him. I was like, oh, what's Thomas doing there? Um, But they, uh, let's see, they do the dance battle. Lisa was shading Whitney's dancing, and I'm like, oh, are they feuding? Is that what's, that's what's happening? Whitney was getting so drunk, though, I loved it. Meanwhile, her husband was just on the golf range. That was what was so fun about this party. It was like, oh, you could just leave to go do some putting or whatever. Um, And I love that. I like a party where there's like different stuff going on. So you could have like a dance battle. You can do, you could be on the driving range. Like you can have a snack, a, a cocktail, a past app. Like there's so many things going on. And I was really into it. I mean, this was a good party. Jen, bravo to Jen, because this was a great housewife's party in general. And then also Jen, by the way, gave us housewifery. She gave us, uh, they all did. They all did. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So then we cut to Whitney pulling Jen aside to tell her 
when Whitney's drunk, she pulls Jen aside to tell her that the women are scared of her. And she's trying to tell Jen, but she's not quite spitting it out. And Heather was right there. So Heather just blurts it out. She says that Lisa and Meredith are scared of Jen. And Jen starts to lose it. She goes from zero to 100, which is great housewifery. And meanwhile, Meredith and Lisa are like, what the fuck is going on? They were like having a nice, quiet conversation. And then Jen starts to get real upset. She gets huffed and puffed. And then Meredith and Lisa go over, and Meredith's like, I have never had a conversation of significance to Mary about Jen. You know, because Mary was the alleged one who brought all this stuff up about them being scared of Jen. Then Whitney uh, tells Meredith uh, that Jen is insinuating she has marriage issues. So Whitney's just, like, causing all this stuff. She's causing all this stuff and doing A-plus housewifery. And then Meredith's like, I'm done engaging in the conversation. Which was not great housewifery. To be honest with you, Meredith, she tends to shy away from this stuff, and I love her. But I kind of want her to, like, get in the mix a little bit. Because Jen really goes for it. When Jen gets an opening, she really goes, some would say, too hard sometimes when there's a housewifery opening. Uh, but Meredith tends to shy away, so she's like, I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. And then um, Whitney's, like, trying to get her to engage. Meanwhile, Heather is just hiding in a corner in fear, and I loved it. She's just laughing. She basically caused all this. I mean, her and Whitney caused it all. And she just lets Whitney take it all on. She's like, I'm going to go be in the corner. And she's just watching it. from. <laughs> she was just uh, peeping around the corner, watching it like all of us. Oh, I love her. Oh, you guys, I love Heather. Love her. Love her. You guys, give her an award. What can we give her? I want to give Heather an award or something. Can we send her a fruit basket? We need to get her name and address because I just love her so much. I don't know that I've ever felt this way about a housewife so quickly. You know, oftentimes I fall in love with them. And changes on a dime. Every five minutes, you change your mind. But this Heather, I don't know that I've ever felt this way so quickly that I just want all the best for her. They better give her a raise next season, Bravo. You better give her a raise. If you don't, and Whitney, too. I want that whole fucking family to get a raise. Um, So then, let's see. Heather, she's hiding in the corner. Jen throws the glass. Great work. Great work, Jen. Then um, she's like, shut the fuck up about Mary. I don't care about fucking Mary. Stupid, stupid. And she's, like, pulling Sharif to leave. She's doing way too much. Um, way, way too much. But I definitely enjoyed it, watching it. It was a little too much. Maybe, like, I wish... I need Jen to dial it back, like, one notch. She's, like, just about perfect. She's just about perfect. But she's, like, maybe, like, one notch too much. And so just next season, we I think we need Jen for this show. I think we need her for next season. But I just want her to dial back just, like, a smidge. I'm worried, though... That if we tell her to dial it back too much, she'll dial it back too much and then it'll be boring. So that's my concern right now with Jen. I think she's so close to being a perfect housewife, but a little too far. So hopefully next season, just a little tiny bit, Jen, if you're listening, tiniest bit. Don't got to dial it back much. Just a little bit. Um, okay, then meanwhile, Meredith, we needed to dial up a little bit. I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. <laughs> I love my Meredith, though, anyway. And then Whitney's slurring to her husband. She goes to the driving range. She's like, they won't fucking own the truth. That's the honesty. That's the honesty. Justin, they're not owning their truth. They're not owning the truth, and that's the honest truth. That's my honesty, Justin. No, that's my honesty. They're not being honest or telling the truth. They're lies. (laughs) Whitney slurring her words at the driving range. Oh, what a beautiful episode. Next week... Jen loses a little bit in an outdoor bathtub. Not sure why they're in an outdoor bathtub, bathtub, but we'll see. And very excited, you guys. Salt Lake City, I'm loving it. 
I'm loving it. Okay, you guys, Dallas. I'm not quite loving Dallas. Um, but I do just have a few thoughts. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Ooh, I feel like a queen. She likes well, champagne. You are a queen. Yeah, the you're princess. the queen. <laughs> 
One day, my mother came in and said, Oh, Deandra, I met the guru of anesthesiology. She reminded me a lot of my personality. She's intelligent. She's beautiful. I love her. That's why she's the favorite daughter. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad Thank to have you. you. you guys have I'd like work. to oh, say cheers to being here Thank with you for us. having me. Tiffany is the smarter, less chunky daughter. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> Probably because she doesn't sit around and eat donuts. Okay, I realize this is a Dallas recap. It's going to be short. Don't yell at me. We're easing into the new year, and so, uh, you know, it's not going to be very long, but I do have some thoughts about Tiffany Moon. I love her. I think she's a fantastic addition to this franchise. Of course, we lost Leanne last season, which Leanne sort of imploded on the show in front of our eyes last season. And so they had to course correct and change and add someone new. And I think Tiffany Moon, she just seems very confident. She seems to fit in well. And by the way, Mama D loves Tiffany Moon way more than she loves Deandra. I'm sorry. She even says it in the confessional. I love her. Oh my, she's the daughter I never had. I love her so much. I love her so much more than DeAndra. DeAndra's just eating them donuts all day. She's just eating them donuts. I love my Tiffany Moon, though. Uh, the daughter I never had. Uh, I love her so much. Mama D comes alive. She lights up when she's talking about Tiffany Moon. When she's talking about DeAndra, it's a dark cloud over her head. I mean, I swear it's like that uh, Peanuts character, you know, the Snoopy character where he walks around and there's just like a cloud of fleas around him. I feel like that's what Mama D looks like when she's talking about DeAndra. But when it's Tiffany Moon, Mama D lights up. I love her. Oh, she's the daughter I never had. My daughter's always just eating them donuts. Oh, I hate my daughter. (laughs) She's intelligent. She's beautiful. I love her. They already seem to produce a feud between her and Brandy, which we know from the blogs and all that sort of stuff that Brandy had put out this racist video that had been uh, picked up everywhere and Brandy was apologizing for it. But what was interesting to me about the whole situation was that it seemed that they had sort of developed the storyline of like Tiffany um, versus Brandy. And that was interesting because it seemed like they hadn't even met at that point. And it was like Tiffany now has to like come into the show and deal with all of that. And it's just like, oh man, this woman can't even just join the show. Now she's going to deal with like being the the one who's either reprimanding her or then if she accepts it right away, then she's like the person who accepted it right away. You know, there's just a lot of pressure, I feel like, on this Tiffany Moon. And I felt bad for that. I felt like that sucks for this woman who she should be able to just join the cast like any other housewife. But instead, she's got the pressure of being the one who's like, going to be the judge and jury of this. That's how at least it w- felt presented to me. Um, and Brandy was, of course, very apologetic about everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, we got to see that play out a little bit. And it seems like they did it to be continued. And I'm curious to see how that goes. Again, on Dallas, I'm finding like the PPE work to be very distracting. Some scenes we have the women in masks and, and Tiffany Moon's a doctor too. And I thought like, it seems strange to me that because I think they are being tested. They're filmed. Stephanie said in her confessional, look, we're being uh, tested for coronavirus all the time. So sometimes we'll wear masks, sometimes we won't. She said, save your tweets or something like that. But I, it just is distracting. Again, I said this on the Atlanta recap. I just wish there were some ground rules laid out. So I, they should have put like a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode saying we test them every day. And so they won't be wearing masks. Or They'll will be wearing masks if people are entering the scene who aren't in the cast. Or I don't know. There should be some sort of disclaimer, and then we should know the rules of the game. But instead, it's like all bets are off. And I get you guys. People yelled at me about Atlanta. I get that the rules were changing at this time when this was being filmed. I just don't see how there shouldn't be or couldn't be 
a quick little disclaimer saying we followed protocol or something so I could sit back and relax and say, okay, I don't got to worry about why that person's not wearing a mask and they're not in the cast or why they're indoors and that time they're wearing a mask and that time they're not. Because it's just distracting because it doesn't make sense of when this thing is happening. Anyway, Cameron, she's throwing a garage sale, which I wish I could have gone to that garage sale, you guys. I wish I could have seen what else. She had the mother goose, which I love that she was raised by that mother goose. Um, She didn't sell it, ultimately. But it was a lot of pink shit. And I love Cameron. Because I love her. And I felt bad she had the dog. She had the autopsy on the dog. Uh, I felt bad that she lost the dog. Sparkle dog. She lost the sparkle dog. But I love my Cam. I was happy she got a new dog. Um, I just find her to be so fun. And you guys, I just binged Top Chef, as you know, over the quarantine. We watched, like, not every season. We watched, like, 10 or 11 seasons. And Cam popped up in one. And in the Dallas version, she popped up for an episode. And it was so exciting to see her on there. And as she's come a long way with Court. And I don't really like Court that much. But is that his name? Court? Count? Court? What the fuck's his name? Count Chocula? What's that guy's name that she's married to? Court? Is it Court? I think it's Court. Anyway, they were on the Top Chef, which your Top Chef is truly a top-tier Bravo show. It's great if you never watch it. Um, Anyway, it was nice to see her pop up in this garage sale. It seems like her and Court are going to be going through some things this season. At least uh, in the next episode with the house, and he's like kind of not telling her things. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. See how that plays out. Now, DeAndra, of course, DeAndra's got the really sassy, low-voice tagline this season. She had a little uh, moment with Mama D. We got to see her and Mama D meet with Tiffany Moon outdoors. It was cute. I like some of the outdoor scenes. I do. I want to say that they're getting creative with the outdoor work. It's nice to see them in their backyards and uh, that kind of thing. I mean, even on Atlanta, they did like a, a driveway a lunch or something like that. It's cute that they're getting creative with that. I like that. Um, so we got to see that play out. We saw Stephanie and Brandy do a little slip and slide. I think this was the time I was like most distracted by the masks because they were wearing the face shields instead of the masks. But then, I don't know. You guys, it didn't make any fucking sense to me. I do love my Stephanie, though. Ah, I miss that angel of a woman. Um, and I'm curious to see where this whole season goes. It seems like her and uh, Travis get into some stuff, too, this season. I think in the either the trailer or the coming attractions for next week. And even in her tagline, she, uh, you know, gives a little sass. So I'm curious to see where Stephanie lands. Um, what else, you guys? It was nice to have the whole cast. We have another woman who's going to be a new friend of. She seems interesting. They had a dinner or a lunch, rather, where they had the entire cast there. And this is when they were dealing with all of the Brandy stuff. And I'm curious to see where the new friend of goes and if she'll be on the trips or what's going to happen. I don't know, you guys. I'm excited about this season of Dallas. It does feel fresh. I, my expectations were low, I'd say, in the toilet. And I think this premiere was great. It, nothing, it wasn't mind-blowing. You know, I, there's nothing that was really uh, catching on. And again, I say this recap was short because I didn't actually take notes for Dallas since it aired like twice. You know, I got confused. I watched it when it initially came out, like two a week ago or New Year's Eve, whatever the fuck that was. And I didn't take notes because it was like confusing with the premiere. I wasn't sure if we we're going to cover it. but. You know, I'll um I'll be better in the future. But as of now, just know that I'm excited about Dallas. Hesit- hesitantly excited. I'm not like over the moon about it, let's be honest. But compared to Orange County, <laughs> which Orange County, you guys, is already on their finale. This week, it was like, oh, and then coming up next week on the finale of Orange County, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean the finale? They're on the last episode. How did that happen? What even happened this season? What a bad... I know they were in the midst of this, this uh, uh, pandemic when they were filming, but... Wow, you guys, Orange County. That's the season? 
Anyway, Dallas looks like at least it's going to be better. Hopefully, we'll get a full season, and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I will say that Leanne, although she definitely imploded last, last season, she really was like sort of carrying the whole show. I mean, every season was uh, a revolving around Leanne, and I think this will be good to give other people storylines and, and be able to open up so that other cast members can have their moment to shine. However, I do worry that so many of the cast members... Um, they might not be used to that. They were used to Leanne sort of taking the lead and and really like taking up all the airspace in the filming. And so I wonder if they're going to be able to uh, carry it. We'll see. I, I, right now, I'm I'm optimistic, and I think truly this Tiffany Moon is the right direction to go in. Right direction, and she's smart too. She's like the Doctor Wendy, right? She said she was. I mean, she was listing off her academic accomplishments, and I was just screaming at the TV like, "Yes!" <laughs> so so happy for. Her. Love the Tiffany Moon. So, you guys, that's our Housewives for the week. I love you all. Again, I want you to all stay safe and happy and healthy. Um, I posted on my Instagram account, I am going to be doing a Detours book, and I'm so excited. I will be having the book published early 2022, so it'll be a while before you can pre-order and everything like that. But it's something I've been working on for a while, and I'm so grateful to you guys for listening to the show. And it's largely, it's really all because of you guys that I'm able to make this book happen. So I can't wait to share more as the time goes on. Um, it probably won't be a while uh, for me to share more information about it, but just know that I'm grateful and I'm so excited. You guys, I'm so excited for when I can share more, to share more, but it'll be out in early 2022 um, and more to come later this year about it. So I love you all uh, so much for listening. Let's do our little cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in and hold it and try to think of something that makes you happy. Just think of something that makes you smile. Breathe out. Ah, you guys, a lot's going on. I mean, it just, it feels overwhelming. And I'm hopeful, I I said this online, but I, I hope that we're at the darkest before the dawn. You know, I hope we all, I always feel like that girl in Mean Girls who's like, I just want to bake you all a cake of rainbows. And <laughs> that's how I feel lately. It just feels like everything's a lot. There's pandemic and just so much happening. And I, I hope we're going into the light and everything will start to be more peaceful and happy and, and hopeful going forward in 2021. And I know the new year doesn't necessarily mean that life is going to magically change, but I do think it represents new beginnings, and uh, and I hope that going forward, things are, are better and happier and healthier for everyone, and I don't know. I wish I had better words to say. I wish I had something that I can offer better than that, but um, for now, it'll have to do. But try to remember the things that make you happy. Try to watch things that make you happy ingest or digest things that make you feel good. I think that's one of the things that I've learned over the years is that I have to be very cautious of what I'm taking in, whether it be on television or in music. As much as I might want to listen to the Adele album, I know that it's maybe not the best for me. So I'll listen to something a little more poppy, you know, and I'll save the Adele for when I'm feeling a little bit better about everything. So try to be careful about that, mindful of it. And uh, you know, if you if you are feeling like you're really struggling and you have the opportunity to talk to a professional, please, please try to do that because it really is super helpful. Anyway, I'm sending my love to all of you out there. Uh, stay safe. Thank you for
icons. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts.